Welcome back to the AFLW Fancy Podcast. Here with your host Michael, and I'm here with Bainey. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yourself? I'm really, really good. Yeah, 2022 B. Uh, yeah. We're back. Yeah. How good is it to be back? Yeah, love it, love it. I'm pumped. Went quick. <laughs> very, very quick indeed. Yeah. Quick. yeah. I don't know if yeah you're getting any fantasy fatigue. We had the W season finish and the men's one rolled right into it, and we're back and ready to go again. I think the the memories are, are fresh from the uh, 2022 A season. So we yeah, I like it. I want to make amends for how I did. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Well, we're joined today with a very special guest for the first episode of the preseason. We're with the goat, Selby. How are you going? Michael Bainey, good to see you both. Yes, you too. Likewise, likewise. Great to have you on, Selby. You well? Yeah, going well. Obviously, uh, getting close to the end of the, the men's season, what five rounds to go, which it's actually felt quicker this year than last year. Uh, yep. But yeah, still five to go there. And then rolling into, as you mentioned, the short turnaround being the AFLW Fantasy, which we're uh, excited to go around again. It's funny, we're probably going to call it 2022B, but I think the AFL website there, or the AFLW website, they're running with Season 7. So okay, uh, right. okay. Yep. need to take into account for particularly if we were to do the hats again. So update on the hats for those who played the first Addition, uh, there's been delay after delay after delay, and people love blaming COVID, even though COVID's now been around for three years, it feels like. Uh, but hoping to get them in the next couple of weeks and hopefully get them out before the season kicks off uh, in, say, two or three weeks, we'll hopefully have the hats. Uh, and, yeah, the question is, if we do them again, what we're going to put on, because we've said 2022 top 100, whether we just get them <laughs> around again, there'll be yeah. 200 of them running around, or if we do the 22 I think 22B works well. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, how, and how's your off season been, Selby? I imagine talk about fantasy fatigue. You've obviously been pumping out the um, the in season guide for the AFL fantasy. How's that going? Yeah, well, mate, uh, it's been a an interesting season in the men's comp, largely by the the rookies. I think are as good as ever. Dacos, I'm looking now. We're trying to find out who the fourth best defender is in fantasy because there's a clear gap. I think he's probably every chance to be the fourth man. Uh, we had good performance from. Martin and Hayes early and a few of the rookies. And then I don't think we've had as many forced trades early in the season. The teams feel like they're complete earlier than, than ever. So it's all about luxury trading. And uh, it's been a yeah, fun journey in the ruck department. It's been keeping people on their toes. And I think the only thing keeping it from being a team, every team very similar is the rucks is going to be the interesting way. And I think that's going to dictate the final five rounds. So that's in. There and then super coach I'm playing this year and yep. taking it pretty seriously and I'm coming 18th at the moment. So that's also wow. why I said the season hasn't gone as slowly as nice. normal because I've been uh, enjoying playing that. But yeah, with one trade left and five rounds to go, I think it's going to feel pretty slow the next five rounds, hoping things go smoothly and I don't have to use that one trade so quickly. So it wasn't enough uh, making all AFL fantasy coaches feel like they suck. You had to do it to the super coach community too. <laughs> well, actually enjoying it more, the super coach making, like doing well, because they're big on Twitter saying how much harder the game, you know, dare say with my one trade left, it's going to come and I'm going to keep dropping. But they're quick to say that uh, with the limited trades and the scoring system and all that, that their game's better and harder to play. Um, so it's good to show them that, well, look, first time, here we are. This feels like shots fired. And, and give one to the soft. I feel like like when I'm playing fantasy, I felt, especially in 2020, I was also giving advice and doing well. 
I felt a bit bad because like, well, I'm giving advice to people and I'm kind of competing against them. Whereas now I'm doing super coach. I feel like a lot of the, the fancy guys are cheering for us, which is nice. Yep. And yep. Oh, yeah. Get one for the fancy guys. Love yeah, it. I like it. Love it. Uh, but we're here to talk about uh, AFLW fantasy, of course. So uh, changes for for the people that did play last season, what kind of changes can we expect on the platform this season? Yeah, so obviously looking to launch early August, no confirmed date, but unlike last year where the turnaround, I think that the round one last year, was it the 4th of January or something, the first game maybe? So we had Christmas holidays to deal with, New Year's public holidays. So it was pretty hard to get everything up and running. So it was a bit of a rush. Hopefully this year we'll be able to get it up and running early August. So there's a couple of weeks there for people to, to build their sides uh, and a bit more time. And, and even on our end, like we took a lot of learnings from last year about the platform itself, its capacity and obviously crashed a few times there when lots of people were on at once. We're looking, we're putting a lot of time and effort into making sure it can hold up in that. So that's, on, we won't see it in terms of improvements, but we're working hard on improvements that way, improvements nice. in automating a lot of the data. Like there was a bit of gaps between lockouts last year. Monday Arvo, sometimes we locked out because it was a lot of manual entry, whereas we're hoping to get a lot of the, the data feed automated, which will, again, not look any different to you. People will love that. Rage trades. Process. Uh, and then in terms of changes, like we, we went out with, there was a survey and uh, a lot of feedback, which was great, positive and negative, which we're obviously looking to address. Uh, a lot of it, or the simple changes are we're lining the salary cap with the AFLW themselves, and which was great news for all. Their salary almost doubled. I think it more than doubled mm. in the off-season, so we'll be aligning that. So I think it's about $1.38 million salary cap, which will then obviously mean players have still priced at what they averaged last year, but that they'll be more expensive in that sense. Uh, so, yeah, players like last year will be priced based off their prior season. If they didn't play at all, they get a 30% discount, or 35% discount, no, sorry, 30% discount on their season prior average, 35% discount if they missed the last two. Uh, 6% discount per game missed if they miss um, under five. So the same pricing mechanism, just oh. as... Wow. The, yep. uh, there'll be slightly different figures yep. in terms of the rookies so a bit of the feedback last year it's funny like some people thought that the prices moved too quickly in a 10 round season others said it moved not quickly enough so we're probably going to keep the same formula the same for price changes I just found last year we had 30 draftees priced above the uh, the basement price which meant that like the top two draftees we were the obvious or the best two rookies weren't that much more expensive than the other rookies. Whereas this year we're only doing the, the first round. So 18, the top 18 picks from last year have been priced as a, at a premium to the basement price. So there'll be a bigger gap between those. So if you want to pay up for those top two draftees, right. top three draftees, you're paying a bit more against yeah. the top 11th or 12th or 13th. Can I just ask a question on that? Yep. So the uh, obviously the because of the four new expansion clubs, the first round actually got pushed out to about I think like the thirty sixth pick was the end of round one technically. Um, is it just going to be the first eighteen, or is it going to be the first pick for each club, or the first thirty six? It'll be the first eighteen. Okay, eighteen. So what is obviously there'll be two from some teams or whatever yeah. it is, but it's it's going to be more players priced at the basement price, rookie yeah. to reward those just who the want best to go. 
yeah, the guns, guns and rooks strategy. So that, that's a, a slight tweak to the actual game format. We also found so last year when we were allocating the positions, any player who had a position being a mid forward or mid defence, knowing and coming from the men's game that anyone with who had some midfield time, I liked having them in the midfield because I thought the game got a bit too easy when you could pick players who were midfielders who were available in the defence and forward line, like thinking men's fancy a couple of years ago when you could pick a Laird and a Mills in the defence, it makes yep. it's not quite as accurate. So we, I allocated them all to the midfield. The issue with that is that there weren't many good options for both the defence and the forward line that everyone had the best two or three and then they... The teams were very similar in the forward line. The defences, there weren't many options to pick from. So yep. this year, anyone who had a decent allocation or any even a minor allocation to forward or defence have been given forward and defence status. So the breakdown is a lot more uh, dispersed and there's a lot more forwards last this year than last year. So there's more options there. Obviously, overlay that with the additional teams too. So there's more options there available. So hopefully, we're going to see a lot more variety amongst the teams and more challenging process to pick who you think are going to be the best players in each position. So uh, that's another small tweak. And then there's just some other minor things to the platform where we'll be showing like yeah, cash remaining on the front sheet and weekly price changes on the front sheet as well. I think before we just had their player, their score and their season average, we're going to have their weekly price movement on the, the front summary sheet as well. Nice. Yep. Be a bit easier for trading platform and reversing trades and stuff like that. And, Minor things, which this again seems minimal for a lot, but if a player's injured, we might have a, an icon there for injured and suspended, an icon there for suspended. So when you, particularly when you're building your starting squad, that you can help build your team around those and avoid those who are either injured or suspended. Nice. And so, just to confirm, that means no DPP for the platform this year. Yeah, again, no DPP gets a bit too tricky uh, for building, and maybe one day we will implement it, but. It's, it's the same simple structure of the defenders, mids, forwards, and you have your one or your four bench positions and allocated one per position. And they're your automatic emergency. So you don't have to set an emergency. It's just automatically fed through. And then there's a utility position where if your emergency doesn't or your bench player doesn't play, uh, then you get the utility position score as well. So you, you still essentially have a double backup again for emergency, yep. obviously, whether it's COVID or with the uh, teams not being announced on Thursday night before the round, like it is for the men, if you have trouble at selection table, then you'll be uh, afforded the luxury of having a, a double back up there in the utility position. Yeah, I love that. That was, uh, it was also, it created for really interesting moves that I hadn't kind of anticipated before the season started, where some people were, because the ruck position in their W fantasy, they don't tend to score very much. Like the highest scoring Ruckman averaged about 70, I think. So what people were doing was, especially towards the end of the season, having a non-playing rookie in the Ruck and a non-playing rookie in the Ruck bench and then having an extra premium midfielder on utility or early season, an extra uh, rookie midfielder. Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously there's, we would say loopholes. There's loopholes there where you can manipulate, but looking at, I think, if you want the best form for cash generation and for scoring you obviously want to have as many players playing as possible so yeah start of the year i think you'd want to have it'd be a bit of a waste having two positions uh sitting aside not generating any cash so with the new teams who knows maybe there's more relevant ruck players and we'll get a few scorers pop up there as well but yeah there's more players of eligible in the ruck department this year as well as last than last year 
Nice. Um, uh, three trades each round, Selby? That's Yeah, keeping the three trades. So, again, so there'll be no rolling lockout, but we're working hard and can't give any promises. But for round one, given there are the new teams yep. in there and not who know, even for the men, it's hard to predict those round one teams with uh, which rookie is going to get named or whatnot. So we're going to try to get it rolling up until every team is named, which will likely nice. be the Saturday uh, when the teams get announced on the Saturday for the Sunday team. So yep. hopefully the first lockout, a full lockout on round one, everyone will know every team. And then going forward, it will be full lockout, lockout from game one. So which will help with that is that utility position as a backup. And then yeah, the three trades, firstly, if you do have some errors to fix up or if players aren't named that week, the week after you can make amends there. But also it was initially brought in for the COVID protocols, given that when it started January last year or this year, COVID was running rife and who knows, it could well be running rife again come, come August with these next wave, which seems to be happening now with, in the men's comp. And uh, as far as prizes go for 22B, do you know what we're going to be looking at for, say, first, second, third, et cetera? Yeah, don't know the exact amounts yet. Obviously, sponsors would be great. Any sponsors who want to come on board, it, whatever is sponsored will go 100% to the uh, to the prizes. So hopefully we get some sponsors on board. We obviously want to at least match what we provided last year. The only difference we will make, last year there's five grand to the winner and I think it was 300 to second place, which was quite a big disparity. And particularly when these coaches are putting so much time and effort into it and it's 10 weeks of work and then the drop-off between first and second so big, I think we're going to flatten that out. So... While the winning prize might not be as high, we're hoping the prize total prize pool will be as high, even higher. And but there might nice. be a, uh, more of a, an even flat between first, second, and third. Obviously, it's been thrown at us like it's win with the hats as well, uh, which twice in the one year uh, is means we're going to have to re, really look at how we're funding. But yeah, any yeah. any uh, sponsorship will go directly into the prize pool, and then in terms of ways we can help support the actual platform of the comp itself this year we're looking to implement a bit like the assistant coach or premium subscription where uh, users will be able to put in at least 9.95 for the season and they'll get access to additional stats uh, nice. breakdown nice. of stats some articles um, a few little extra tweaks in there as well looking at ownership figures of the top 100 or captaincy selections averages from last year last five break-evens, a bit like they do on both the AFL Fantasy and the Supercoach platforms. Yeah, and no, I think that's a really good idea. I think, you know, that's only, what, two coffees? Or well, these days, probably a coffee and a half. And, <laughs> you know, that might be able to help us or help you guys um, get hats again for the second season. So I think that would be a really good goal. A lot of people would be really hoping for that. So the more people that can jump on board, the do you have a term for it yet? Is it, are you calling it assistant coach or what are you calling it? No, I haven't got a term. So if you have any good ideas... Let us oh, know. So you don't want to replicate what the others are called. Yeah. Off. One's called assistant coach, isn't it? I think. I think so. Yeah. Gonna... I think that's the fantasy one. The fantasy one and super coach. I think they call it super coach premium. So, well, if anyone uh, has any any good fine. ideas out there, they can um, they can let me know, and I can forward them on to Selby if if they sound alright. Yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, any any um. 
any learnings from from the first season, Selby? You had one thousand seven hundred and twenty-four registered teams. Any wow. goals for um, you know learnings from season one into the goals for for the next season? In terms of the numbers, it's going to be it's very hard to guess. And obviously, where we're the big learning is that the day, like all fancy coaches, it was all working well, and then it, when it came to round one probably in the one hour lead up before the first kick out, that's when teams or people users decide to jump on and build their yep. teams at the very last minute. So while there was 1700, there's quite often there was 1700 on at the one time. So yep. that's why we learned is to allocate our resources and, and get a better server provider and hopefully withstand those numbers. It's just hard to then estimate what numbers we're going to have. Are we going to have more given that, People enjoyed round the season one and more people getting to use, know it and like it and know that it works and our name's out there a bit more that more people might play or is it going to get less because a lot of the reason why people played the first season is because it was in middle of January, wasn't other sports on, wasn't other fancy sports on, so people did as a bit of a, a means to get their hit of fancy sports, whereas at the back end of the men's season, are they going to have fancy fatigue or there's going to be men's finals on as well, so a bit of confliction there as well. Uh, it's very hard for us to estimate how many people will play, uh, but where I think we've, if we match that and get around the 2000 mark, I think it'd be a great step given that it's back to back to back and then hopefully continue yeah. to then grow going forward. Yeah, well, it's going to be exciting that um, sort of the second half of the AFW season is going to have complete clean air, you know, like the, the 22A, I guess you would call it. Um, they were playing during the men's preseason. So even though the men's comp wasn't going, there was still a lot of people in the fantasy community who were really just taking a lot of the AFL fantasy content, whereas hopefully they um, they want to get on board just for something to do even for the rest of the year. And obviously the second season is going to be a lot easier than the first season. So last season, a lot of people, yeah, there were a lot of people in the fantasy community that hadn't really followed the AFLW and might've been a bit overwhelmed in trying to make a team. Whereas this time around, you know, there's been a season of it. They have, you know, prices based on last season. They can look at maybe what some of the winning teams did last year. There's obviously a lot of content out there. Uh, There's a few AFLW fantasy articles on DT Talk now. And there's obviously plenty of pods out there. So it should be a lot easier to make a team. Hopefully a bit more people are inclined to do it this time around. Yeah. And that was some of the feedback as well is that there was very limited advice for novices. So hopefully... People like you guys who only came in midway through the season to get a help. Yep. Plus, a few other pods popped up. As you mentioned, the article on DT Talk websites so are certainly jump on and, and support them and keep clicking because the more clicks they get, the more they'll be um, able to put them up as well. Um, just other bits of feedback we had, which we're trying to implement most of the, we, what we got. Some we can't, like, which, which makes sense. Someone wanted uh, player photos there, so then they know exactly who the players are. It's just part of copyright and licensing that we can't use official photos. If anyone's had the Maroons Magic season guide, they'll know a few of the photos. The only ones I can get for free and free for use are those on Wikipedia. So that's why they all, you've got Lockie Neal running around the Dockers Guernsey. But for the women, you Google their name, their LinkedIn profile with a job comes up. They're like their non-football related job. It's, it's hard to get any player photos which are free for use. So we might look to implement the player's number next to their, I know we've got their team icon mm. there, if we get their number as well. So when watching people know what number to look for yep. if they're not familiar yep. with it. the team. Uh, what other feedback did we get in there? 
Yeah, a lot of that with the price movement. Some said too modest for such a short season. Some said it was too large. It was very hard to, to catch back up. So I think we'll do the sweets one, knowing that there's more rookies at basement price. You should be able to generate that cash quicker if you get people playing there. And then those best rookies, you're going to have to pay a bit more of a premium for them. So if you're looking for that guns and rookies strategy, because I think in terms of gameplay, that was the winning formula last year, that there was only a handful of, players who had the ability to put up big scores, 100-plus, so the ability, the, the strategy seemed to be pay up for the best players and fill the rest with rookies, which is kind of what the AFL men's strategy was a couple of years ago, and it's since moved to those who you think are going to improve the most. I think the more seasons of football which go into these women footballers, the more improvement from year on year we're going to see, so you might be able to find that mid-price who's going to take the rise. Yeah, you're right. I think there's going to be more depth in players to pick from. But I also really like the idea of um, sort of pumping up the price of those basement rookies because you look at last season, like you said, Charlie Rowbottom pick one and Georgie Prasparkas pick two uh, were still quite cheap and they were in, I don't know the figures, but I imagine almost every single team that finished inside the top thousand, yeah. uh, they were just absolute gimme picks. And this year, Montana Ham, who was pick number one to Sydney, she's basically a Charlie Rowbottom 2.0. Um, so I think <clears throat> making it a little bit more expensive to pick her might be really good for sort of some different tactics. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you don't know, we're going to put up again the uh, the autofill team. So if you don't know what you're doing, once it's launched, we'll hopefully have that available as well. And yeah, the green, red, orange, and then suspended injured dots. So when the teams do get announced, you'll be able to look at that autofill team if the players aren't, aren't named or whatever you can make your adjustments as you go. Nice. So Selby, your, your knowledge base of fantasy has increased given that you are, you're nailing super coach now. So if you were to put a AFLW squad in, having uh, watched us play in season one, any tips that you can give us, what would you do? Um, is it guns and rookies? How would you use the utility uh, loophole? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'd be using the utility loophole. So in Supercoach, one of my, like I'm coming 18th, round one, I had Jackson Hayes as emergency. He got the 130 or whatever. And then I then made adjustments to get his score on field. So I bought in Elijah Hollands who wasn't playing and that then gave me cash to, and I think I might have even got rid of a Nick Martin for that, which was a, a big mistake. And then to make, gave me the extra cash to then do it. Anyway, Elijah Hollands hasn't played, so I haven't got any cash generation from that spot, and that's really hurt me. And I've had a, a non-playing player, and especially now when the bench is looking quite scarce and having a red dot. So I certainly wouldn't be uh, playing for loopholes. Obviously, if they come in and if, you, if your team naturally has one with a few people drop, then you can play it. But I'd, I'd be trying to fill yep. my team with as many green dots as possible. And then in terms of team structure, it probably will be similar to what worked last year, which would be paying up for the top best rookies and then the best players. And then hoping, I think we're, we're just going to differentiate the teams are how well people can pick those mid-tier players because obviously you can't fit in all the best players and all the best rookies. Yeah, Finding those middle run rungs, which uh, I'm hoping to listen to a few of your podcasts and you guys can identify who <laughs> those might be. Are you planning on making a sneaky team this year for yourself? Uh, well, I did the team last year for purely for to see how it works. Obviously, I need to log in and know when the site's crashing and 
price movement, seeing how three trades were working and, and the gameplay, which I think worked well enough. I actually used one of Bainey's uh, autofill teams uh, to start the season. I wanted the one with the two number one and number two draft picks, which I landed on one of which did have that, then made a few changes from teams and it was actually trucking pretty well. So I will nice. probably do something similar, do an autofill team and then make sure everyone's playing and, and see how that stacks up. And are people allowed to make more than one team themselves? What's the go there? Yeah, no. So as per terms, uh, you're only allowed one team per user, but nothing's to say that your brother, sister, uncle, auntie, probably not your pet, but (laughs) other family members or friends close to you, if it's under their email address and they're running the team, then uh, who's to know, as we might have seen uh, AFL men's fantasy over the last couple of years, might have something similar might have popped up too. What if my 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 pets are really insistent on having a team? They just want me to help them out with the trades each week and put it under my name, but I'll use their email. Nah, in terms of conditions, I don't think it mentions pets. So you might have a loophole there, but uh, you're better off finding an auntie and uncle, I reckon. Uh, nice. nice. And uh, the Wonkstar, the as you referred to her last season, the godmother behind AFLW Fantasy, is she on board again this year to help you out with everything behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah, she's keen as always, the Wongster, and was been working hard on this pricing mechanism and uh, positional and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, as mentioned, looking to automate stuff on our end because that's the one thing which hit us hard is that we thought that once it was set up and going, it kind of run itself, which it didn't, and we've made learnings from that where I think you are able to submit a team last year which weren't, fully didn't have the full 21 players and that threw out some bugs, but we didn't want to delete them completely because they might've been trying to fill it in, but there was crashes. So we then automatically filled in their team for them. The last couple, there's all these little quirks, which, which took its time. Whereas this year we've got things in place that ensures all teams have 21. They have their right configuration, defenders, mids, forwards, and, Hopefully, if all goes well, then the Wongsa works are magic and we'll be able to have the some scores live feed. So throughout the weekend, you'll be able to see what scores your players have. It won't be like the AFL men's, which goes instantly, but maybe it might be on every 20 minutes or every half hour or every hour, a refresh with player scores and hopefully feed into your, your team scores, which will hopefully feed into the live rankings. You'll be able to get those. As I said, won't be instant live rankings, but you'll be able to track that over the course of the weekend. But all these things, which we we're working hard to even do last year, I was beating myself up about. It's funny, playing Supercoach this year, their platform isn't so great either. You don't get any live rankings with that. You don't get you get live scores if you're a premium subscriber, but you, you certainly don't get live rankings. It, it takes until lockout lifts on the Monday night before you know your ranks. So we're hoping to have live ranks throughout the weekend because I know it's a good thing to, to track if you think you're having a good week. Uh, so there's a few other little improvements we're looking to do. One nice. thing I, um, I I was curious about with the subscription, what kind of stats can we expect? Like, is it going to be so, sort of similar to some of the other ones where you look at like the top 100 ownership or the top 100 capacity choices for the week and things like that? Or is it just going to be like trade in, trade out? Yeah, no, that's what ideally we're going to be looking like. So everyone will be have access to overall ownership numbers, which is a key stat, if, especially if you're a novice. And that, you know, a lot's good to jump on someone who's highly owned because you uh, you obviously know they're picked for a reason. But, yeah, it might be a mix of top 100 coach ownership numbers. So you know who the top 
teams are having, both for to follow them, to know that they must be good players, but also if you're around that mark to look for a differentiator to try to leap to the top. Uh, captaincy selection, so you know who, what percentage of players of certain teams are captain, uh, trade-ins, trade-outs, but then yeah, even the break-evens and price-out figures, who, which are key numbers in the, the men's conference. People know it's very hard to get that price-out figure, and that's one thing we do give with our in-season content for the men's, nice. uh, and we gave that for everyone last year for women, but that's going to be uh, only yeah for the, the premium Sats five round averages, three round averages, stuff like that as well uh, will hopefully be included. Nice, nice. Um, but it's not good. It's hard to put a price on all that, but a lot of it is also to help support the platform. And as course, you mentioned, yeah. whether we can get the hats as well. Yeah. And other things to help, help run it, pay for this extra, um, I don't even know what the term is, is a bandwidth to, to get the biggest server number to, to hopefully not have the crashes and, and help. Hopefully one day the comp can help, as I said, run itself and, and the prize pool can hopefully keep increasing. Yeah, fantastic, Selby. So yeah, yeah. Just, just, uh, yeah. To round things off, um, terminology. I'm, a, I'm a big tennis fan. There's lots of terminology around tennis. The, the, the Grand Slam, the Channel Slam, a calendar Grand Slam. Uh, this is a rare opportunity. We got two women seasons in a calendar year. Um, someone who does a a hat in from the from the first season and a, and a second season, you can you can coin a term there. Someone who's got a hat in all three uh, competitions this year, you know, the two women's and the men's, you could, you could term a, um, term something there as well. Yeah. Any ideas on what we should call it? Yeah, no, good point. And yeah. so now you've got a hat proudly for the men's comp as well. And I think yeah. there's a few with a cross. I've got to find out exactly yeah. how many, I think Ethan is one who has a hat for both. Yeah. The, uh, we're also looking to run, which again, will, We'll have some crossover, but a, a fancy comp for the finals. That's yet to be locked in yet, but that's something we're aiming to do. There as well, a men's finals fantasy comp. So whether we even have, like you mentioned, whether it's a champion series or grand slam, whether we allocate points per competition and then we nice. might be a, a separate prize for those who succeed overall, which means we might get more people playing either concept to try to compete for that. The overall, but yeah, we'll also give thought to what to, to call those ones. Brilliant, brilliant. Awesome. All right, well, I reckon we're probably all done there. Thanks a lot for coming on, Selby. Well, good, mate. Thanks for supporting. Was... As I said, can't put a date on it yet because a lot depends on the developer, but we're aiming for early August launch date, which should give enough a runway for to teams to yeah, pump up promotion and, and get your friends and family involved and, and put your teams in for hopefully a bigger and better season than, than the first one yeah well uh, we'll definitely be on the lookout for when that opens thanks heaps for coming on it's been a pleasure uh hopefully we can maybe chat to you again later in the season and we can see how everything's tracking and and all that kind of stuff yeah awesome thanks guys thanks Alvi. thanks very much oh wow that was fun yeah that was pretty cool pretty cool you know information yeah. overload yeah <laughs> i might have to listen back to that and dissect all the uh all the yeah. changes that are coming. Yeah, he popped the hood, shared some really cool insight on what's going on. And yeah, it was really nice yeah, of him. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, no. So it's what, about two two weeks or so until hopefully it gets uh, opened up the platform. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped yep. to make a team. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, honestly, I'm really excited about the fact that they're going to, because you know, with last season, like the, the prices were based on previous averages. Um, yep. This season, they're going to implement the 
the reduction in price for players that either miss the whole season, they you know thirty percent cheaper, thirty five percent if they miss the last two seasons, and six percent off for each game they missed if they played five or less. So that's gonna. I don't know all the players that qualify. Like I think um, maybe Bowers missed three. How many did Benici miss? Do you know? Because she went down. Yeah, she missed the, the, the back half of the season. Yeah, right. so yeah, she yeah. might qualify for discount. Uh, Davey from Collingwood as well. She missed the whole season and she was um, she was probably, I think she was like start of the season, the fourth most expensive player. So she's going to get a 30%, 30% discount. discount. Yeah, so that's, that's going to be huge. That's huge, yeah. What are you most excited about, mate? Uh, just the new clubs coming on board. And, and mm. um, yeah, just the idea of discounts. There's lots more players who have been in the system but now have found new clubs. Um and also how, we, you know, with three trades every week, that's confirmed now. We can attack the, uh, the fixtures because not everyone plays each other. And That's a um, really good point, yeah. And how do the, uh, the new clubs, expansion clubs go, you know? Um, very interesting to see what points they, they, they score and give up. Um, yeah, I mean, if history is anything to go by, um, there's going to be not a lot of representation in the top end from the expansion clubs, right? Typically players tend to struggle with the expansion yep. teams for fantasy point of view, but some of the clubs, I think, especially um, Port Adelaide with like Aaron Phelps, for example, uh, they actually might do well this season. Yep. Um, and obviously there's going to be a plethora of rookie options from those four clubs. It's really interesting yep. to see who has the hardest matchups. Yep. And I think it's really going to dictate with only 10 rounds, so nine opponents and 18 teams now, I think, the fixture matchup is going to be a big deal. Like, can you imagine, for example, with the men's comp, where obviously uh, I think Hawthorne are currently the easiest team to score against. You know, imagine if um, you had the Bulldogs didn't play Hawthorne or did play Hawthorne, you know, it might dictate yeah. whether or not you're going to be picking their players this That's season. Right. In, yeah. in just a 10 round... Like in the men's comp, 23 rounds is a bit different, but with just 10 rounds, I think... Like, that's each game is 10% of their yearly score, right? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. So yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to dissect it further and just can't wait to see prices and start putting a team together. That would be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now for anyone that has stuck around this long, <laughs> uh, out of the four people that tuned in at the start, the two that are left, you'll be excited <laughs> to know guys that uh, we do have uh, a couple of clubs that have jumped on board to record with us. So we'll be releasing in the next probably week or two. Uh, recordings with some AFLW players that are actually on lists this year, which is really exciting. So we're going to run through, you know, all the important stuff, who's going to be the starting CBA players, who, you know, which rookies are getting a game, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Nice. Can't, can't wait. Can't wait for yeah, that. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be so important, especially with the expansion clubs. It's going to be really important to know who's going to play round one. Yeah. And uh, who's in for a big year compared to last season and the players that maybe have struggled with the turnaround, right? The short season, short season turnarounds, the ones that, yep might be managed early on, things like that. Um, and the ones that are just raring to go. Exactly. Nice. Looking forward. Uh, well, I'm pretty sick of looking at your face. <laughs> thanks. I'm done. Want to get out of here? Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right. Thanks, thanks for mate. listening. I'll probably yeah. see you next week. No worries. See ya.